Uh, Jeff Wilson, considered one of New Zealand's most gifted sports people of his generation, lined up with the All Blacks the last time they faced the Springboks in a Rugby World Cup final in 1995. Sorry to mention it. He scored 44 tries and 60 tests for the All Blacks, and these days you'll see him on Sky Television commentating the big games. And he's with me now from Paris. Hi, Jeff. Bonsoir. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, more to the point? I can't remember which generation I'm from. That's how long ago that game was. I know. That's that's when you start talking 1995. So how am I? I'm just in the... The throngs of doing our, our last little bit of preparation, watching a third and fourth game, which I've played in one before at a Rugby World Cup, and nobody wants to play in. No, no, um, why it's not? actually not bad. They're just because, you know, it's not like they're complete losers. It's just that they're not complete winners. This is England yeah, versus uh, Argentina you've been that. watching, right? Yes, I've been watching. It's actually been a very good game. Um, both teams have come up with a good attitude, and it's don't get me wrong, it's been fine to watch. But as a player, when your goal is to go to a Rugby World Cup, and no one remembers who wins a bronze medal at a Rugby World Cup, it's all about who wins and lifts the trophy. So they're doing a good job of it. I give them, I give them a lot of credit. They've gone out there, and it's willing. Um, Argentina and England have always had a bit of a, a beef with each other, haven't they? So, look, I think um, these two sides are, are actually playing some good rugby, which is great to see because, um, you know, it, it wasn't pretty last weekend for both of these teams, and they're, they're making the most of their, their last chance on the, on the world stage at a World Cup. You're talking about the Falklands War there, weren't you? No, I wasn't referencing that at all. I'm just, I was keeping well and things well. I'm truly on the, on the, no, on well, the I mean, field, I just, don't you? You know, know I do wonder all? about that, how, <laughs> how into the psyche those kind of conflicts are, you know, when we were playing France. Does anybody think about the Rainbow Warrior? No, no, there's, there's certainly none of that on the sporting field. Not, not in my, not in my time. And I certainly there was no conversations around this game tonight. I mean, these, these, those things are, are far removed from sporting teams and history. And look, the, the, the strength of the, the Springbok All Black rivalry. And yes, there was, you know, controversy. And you know, in, in 1981, everyone remembers that tour to New Zealand, who were around then, of course, and, and the stories around that. But our relationship has um, evolved so much since then. And um, and their country is vastly different, and you know there's no doubt that that um, this game for us um, it's our greatest rivalry in in rugby. It really is. You know um, these are in history the the highest percentage winning teams um, in the history of the game. The All Blacks number one, and the Springboks number two, and you know I think it's fittingly that uh, they get to go at it again in a Rugby World Cup, and it's in a sense a bit of a tiebreaker. But I'm just excited by seeing these two teams go at it again. Let's just go back to 1995 for a moment, um, where you were sick for reasons that nobody's got to the bottom of. What was your take on that? Where do you think the sickness came from? Oh, look, there's no doubt there was a there was a team um, buffet meal that was eaten on a Thursday last Was it the time, meal? Because some people which... have blamed the tea and the coffee and the urns. Uh, look, I mean, it was well. It may have been in the tea and the coffee. I don't know. Whatever it was that that, and, but it certainly wasn't a for me. It wasn't a poisoning situation. There was whether it was bad chicken, whether it might have been the sauce, whatever. Look, I I don't know. But what it did do is it had an effect on a, a significant m- number of the group, you know. And um, did that affect our preparation? Yeah, it did for the last forty eight hours going into that game. Because you were all weedy then. We... When you actually went on the on the field, oh. you were all weedy. Uh, well, I think what we've had done is you've just been able, you haven't been able to consume and train the way you normally train and prepare for a big game. And 
So when you're trying to load on it, um, on um, energy and, and make sure your, your reserves are high and you've gone through work. I mean, we didn't train, you know, virtually for 48 hours as a team, as a group. And, you know, I know myself, I think I lost three or four kgs over those couple of days and, and had hardly anything to eat for 48 hours. So that contributes to your ability to go out there and perform at your best. But like I was going to say, ultimately we can't change the results. And, you know, they were, they were good in front of a home crowd. They were good enough. Um, you know, the, everything we threw at them wasn't quite enough for us to get across the line. And, you know, look, it was a remarkable day. It really, really was. Um, you know, altitude, afternoon, warm. Um, there's, what, jumbo jets flying across the stadium. Nelson Mandela's there. I mean, it was a, you know, it was a remarkably intense day. Um, and, you know, one that, you know, we, we, I'll look at and I won't have fond memories of, but... Um, you know you're a part of history, and, and it was an important moment for their rugby. Um, the All Blacks quarterfinal win over Ireland was, by most accounts, the best game ever. Did you think that? Oh, look, it was remarkable to be there. Um, I think it's really interesting, and we've commented a bit here, like that there has, even last week and this week, it hasn't had the same feeling because, you know, I think there was a desperation for the All Blacks not to get knocked out in a quarterfinal, in this quarterfinal. So the intense build-up to that game and then the fact that Ireland had positioned themselves as favourites, um, their fans had declared themselves the number one team in the world and they were the team to beat. And then ultimately they weren't good enough, you know, on the back of 35 phases. I mean, a remarkable piece of play to finish up a game, which made it a special event. But also I think for this all-black team, I mean, for us who have been around them and I've been very fortunate to be around them a lot in the last few years, but particularly this last 18 months, everything that group of players and coaches had been through, um, it just had special meaning, you know, and uh, I've said this before, like sometimes, yes, it's great to win at home, but sometimes when you're away at the hostile environments in the most difficult of situations and you win like they've won, it was something really, really special. And I think that's the the difference. I'd probably, probably say now, as you'd say, this all-black team, even if they don't win tomorrow, have maybe already won in some way what um by getting through to the final <laughs> come on you know that's you uh, yeah, you talk to anyone who's over here is the fact that you think about where the teams come from now we don't want them to lose tomorrow of course we don't and i, I think they're going to win but ultimately but if they don't you think they've final. won already but, come on jeff well I, no I, no no i think they have i mean this team this i don't think people there's a reason it's really hard to get into a world cup final just ask all the northern hemisphere teams who never get there and the fact that it's just not that easy to do. And France at home, Ireland, the number one team, ranked team in the world, you know, they haven't been able to perform on the biggest stage. And so it's hard to do. Um, so, like I say, I'm I'm still not going to go down that path. But if you look at what they've managed to achieve and from where they were, um, they've done a really, really good job. Actually, a great job. It's just now up for them to finish the job and how they'll be remembered. Yep, finish the job. Did you ever think that Ian Foster should have gone when the ABs were losing? No, because I, I put into context a lot of the things that he was having to go through. I think there were some things he'd do differently. I don't doubt that. Um, you mean I, in terms you know, of like, players? No, I'm not, well, in terms of players, but also clearly he wanted, he needed to make a shift in terms of his coaching team, and he did that. Now, he'll probably... So Jason, know, Ryan, Jason, Jason Ryan and Joe Smith are... Have made a huge difference, right? Uh, yes, they've ad- they've really added and allowed him to be the, the probably the coach he needed to be, and it's given him 
um, uh, an ability to focus on what he needed to focus and on. And look, but all of a sudden the selection philosophies changed. They've moved players around. Some players have arrived on the scene this year that weren't there last year. Some guys who have developed in 12 months. Timing's everything in Rugby World Cups. And so I think you, they went through a lot of players through COVID um, because of the fact they had to take massive numbers of players away um, to, to deal with the challenges of that. I mean, he's been through things that no other All Black coach has never had to deal with, you know. Um, and so I think I, I don't agree that that he, he should have been fired last year. Now, you know, had, had things got worse, yeah, then, then I may have re- reconsidered my position. But this team has worked really, really hard and he made some tough calls, some difficult calls with New Zealand rugby and here we are now. Um, it's going to be ironic if they do win tomorrow. It's all in likelihood he's going to be the World Rugby Coach of the Year, which oh, is nominated crikey. for. People are talking about giving him a knighthood. Well, they've given it to every other All Black winning head coach. So, and this is it, right? Uh, now, I'm not. I, I don't want to get into that debate. I won't start on that one. Um, okay. Because I, I believe. I just believe in the players who are out there actually doing it um, uh, and, and actually making tackles and scoring the tries and doing all of the work. Um, um, to me, they're of the highest priority. But look, I mean, ultimately, you can't you can't argue what's happened through this tournament as a credit to everyone involved in that all-black group. Yeah. I feel sorry for Dane Coles, don't you? Yeah, look, it's it's been a remarkable career. But in saying that, I don't think, you know, even himself would have would have seen him being in that conversation right now as being unlucky because he'd had a lot of injuries through the start of the season, but he's done a remarkable job. And But this is, they've always said throughout this tournament, it's about picking a side for each individual game, the best side to, for the opposition you're up against. And clearly they see something in summer only that they really like that will counter what the Springboks bring. And we'll find out tomorrow, won't we, whether or not it's the right call or not. Um, but samasoni has been great over the last 18 months. Um, and Super Rugby and for the All Blacks. So really tough on Dane Coles, but let's be honest, it's been a remarkable career and it, it will be celebrated in the right way. And is Paris a good place to be? I mean, is it, you know, doing the thing for the World Cup? Actually, it's a great question because, I mean, the moment France went out, I'm not going to lie, it's very yeah. much like when England didn't get out of the pool play in 2015. It's fallen flat. It really has, you know, like, um, and, and what you're finding is that a lot of the tourists um, or, or visiting um, um, fans, they actually leave during the week and then they come back for the game on the final on the, on the weekend. Um, that's generally what they are they are on tours. So it's sort of, it's, it's certainly been um, been the case. The moment France sort of exited a quarterfinal stages, a little bit of the air has been taken out of it. But I imagine tomorrow at Stade de France, you know, the Springbok fans, the All Black fans that are here and the ones that have all of a sudden shown up, um, they're going to be into it and it'll, it'll be good. I just um, I heard Ian Foster at the, at the press conference the other day talking about the secret of the game being in the now, he said, being in the now. That sounds a bit woo-woo, doesn't it? Well, now, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of things that they have themes that they've talked about, and one of those is very much not looking past what's coming up in front of you. And, and they've talked about problem solving, and that's something I really, you know, you, you, you need clutch phrases so everyone can quickly get on board. You need things like that in sport. You really do because you don't have the benefit of time. You have to make instantaneous decisions, 5, 10, 15 seconds. So to be able to reset yourself and have things that I suppose everyone can key into, that's the sort of thing that that Ian Foster and his coaching team